وَإِذَا سَأَلْتُمُوهُنَّ مَتَاعًا فَاسْلُوهُنَّ مِنْ وَإِذَا سَأَلْتُمُوهُنَّ مَتَاعًا فَاسْلُوهُنَّ مِنْ وَرَاءِ حِجَابٍ ذَلِكُمْ أَطْهَرُ لِقُلُوبِكُمْ وَقُلُوبِهِنَّ وَقَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ إِنَّ لِكُلِّ دِينٍ خُلُقًا وَخُلُقَ الْإِسْلَامِ الْحَيَاءُ وَقَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ الإيمان والحيارنا جميعا إذا رفع أحدهما رفع الآخر وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا لم تستحي فاصنع ما شئت أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Most respected علماء الكرام Brothers and elders This is something that we understand very very well when somebody manufactures something then together with the product the operation the operating manual comes with it how is this product to be operated somebody invented or manufactured the microwave oven for example so together with that comes the manual the instructions of how is this to be used and what is not to be done for example it will be mentioned therein that don't ever put anything metal inside because it may cause an explosion it will cause a fire so in any case every product comes with its manual comes with the instructions of what's to be done what's not to be done now somebody buys that product and then he says I spent my money it now belongs to me I am the owner, so why should anybody else dictate to me what I should do? I will use it as I wish. If I want to heat my food in there, well and good. If I want to put something metal in there, that's my choice. I shouldn't be ordered and instructed of what not to do. This is, belongs to me. Person purchases a, a vehicle, so he's told this is where you must put the petrol, this is where you put the oil. And this is where you put the water. So he says, why must I be told? It's my car. Belongs to me. I spend the half a million rands buying it. So if I want to put water where the petrol is supposed to go, it's my choice. So anybody understands what's the end result of this kind of mentality, this kind of approach, attitude, that that person will harm himself. And in the process, he may harm other innocent people as well. Because of his misuse of that item. So likewise, Allah Taala created insan. And just as the manufacturer knows best how his product is to be operated, nobody knows better than Allah Taala how this insan is to be operated or how he should use himself and what he should do to make himself productive, what he should do to make himself a, an asset to himself, an asset to society, what he should not do to save himself from harm, to save others from harm, nobody else knows this better than Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala is the creator after all. So Allah Ta'ala, in order to inform us what we should be doing, how we should be using ourselves correctly, what we should be avoiding, Allah Ta'ala send the manual, the Quran Sharif, 
And together with the manual, Allah Ta'ala sent the instructor as well. Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. That here is the manual, here is the instructor also completely describing in detail what will benefit you, what will harm you, what you should avoid, what you should not do. So that is the one thing that Allah Ta'ala has provided in detail. Then, when a person manufactures something, then according to how much of potential there is in that product, there would be equally some safety features in it also. And without those safety features, it can become very dangerous. A person has manufactured a vehicle now, a car, can travel at 250 kilometers an hour, almost taking off now. So if that car can travel at 250 kilometers an hour with that much of potential, but they didn't put any brakes in that car. So what will be the end result? That the manufacturer sent it with that speed potential, but no brakes. The first journey may be last. So Allah created this insan with tremendous potential. And at the same time, Allah created certain needs in this insan. He has the need of food. He has to eat. He had breakfast. By the time lunch comes, he needs to eat again. By the time supper comes, he needs to eat again. If he comes home and he asks for supper, and if the answer he gets is, but you ate supper yesterday, and the other day also you ate, every day you eat supper. So that answer is never going to go down. That will be a very difficult, especially when he's hungry, he won't even be able to swallow that. So every day he eats, he has that need, he's thirsty, he needs to drink water. Likewise, insan, for the system of this world to function, and for this to continue till qiyamat, in his infinite wisdom, Allah Ta'ala has placed certain needs in this insan. That he comes to a certain age, then he has the need of nikah, the need to get married. He has certain natural human needs. But in that, Allah Ta'ala has placed in this insan certain breaks as well. Because this human need is there, but there's no breaks. There'll be chaos in society. And unfortunately, when these breaks are made to waste away, are deliberately destroyed, then in Western society we see the chaos that is ensuing. And Allah forbid, much of that chaos we are importing into our societies. Where some 10 years ago, the statistics were that one in three homes was a so-called single parent home. 10 years ago. Now Allah knows best what's the position. This chaos came from where? Very greatly due to this breaks being destroyed. And what is that breaks that Allah Ta'ala has placed naturally in every insan? This breaks is what is called haya. Haya cannot be translated in English. Because the concept of haya, there is an equivalent of that in English. To bring it to mind to some extent, to bring it close to the understanding to some extent, it is translated as modesty, as shame, morality, 
And all these things come close by, maybe all put together come somewhere close by, but it is far beyond that. Haya is a concept far beyond that. And this is something which is inborn. It is not something that requires to be acquired. It's not something that has to be learned. It's not something that a person has to go and study in some university to acquire it. It's inborn, but it can be lost. It's inborn. Every human being is born with it. Just as a human being is born on the natural deen. Kullu mawludin yuladu ala al-fitra. So in that same manner, there is this inborn haya in him. Once, one person came to the majlis of Hazrat Muhammad Masihullah sahab rahmatullahi and he brought along his small daughter of maybe two years old or something along. So, she is hiding behind him, behind the father, and she is trying to avoid coming into contact with anybody. She doesn't want to look at anyone. She is pulling the father's kurta and covering her face with it. So Hazrat observed this and he said, Deko, ye haya hai. This is haya. What is making this little child do this? This is haya. Then he said, that this is something which is naturally in every person. Lekin jab ye chali jati hai, to baut mushkil se wapas aati hai. But when this goes away, then it's very difficult to bring it back. When it's lost, then it's very difficult to bring it back. Every person comes with it. And to maintain this haya is not an optional thing. It needs to be looked after, otherwise it will get lost. And to look after it is not an optional thing. This is a fundamental thing. Because this is a fundamental quality of iman. Haya is a fundamental quality of iman. In the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Islam says, إِنَّ لِكُلِّ دِينٍ خُلُقًا وَخُلُقُ الْإِسْلَامِ الْحَيَاءِ Every deen, every creed, it has some distinguishing characteristic about it. Something by which it is identified. This person belongs to certain culture. This person belongs to certain denomination, certain creed. وَخُلُقُ الْإِسْلَامِ الْحَيَاءِ The distinguishing characteristic of Islam is haya. Haya is there, then this will show this person is a Muslim. And in another hadith, Nabi says that this is so closely linked to Iman. That Al-Imanu wal-Haya'u Qurana'u Jami'a. Iman and Haya, they are companions, they coexist. Ida rufi'a ahaduhuma rufi'a al-akhar. Nabi says when one goes, the other will go with it. It's not possible that every bit of haya has left a person and iman will remain. If every bit of haya is gone, iman will go with it. In another hadith, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Aisha says that the root of all good character is haya. The root of all good character is haya. Just to understand it from one with one example. If there's haya, there'll be respect. If there's no haya, there'll be no respect. And this is a very easy thing to understand. How often if a child or somebody has done something disrespectful, what he's done is disrespectful. 
But how is he reprimanded? Have you got no shame? You're speaking to that old man like that? He's elder than your grandfather and you're talking to him like that? You've got no shame? What he did was he spoke in a disrespectful manner. How is he reprimanded? Have you got no shame? Because had they been shame, there would have been respect. And because of the lack of shame, respect went away too. So this is how fundamental this is. That when there will be haya, then there will be respect. And if there is no haya, the respect will go. If there is haya, then a person will uphold the rights of others. That it will be a shame to now do something which will run somebody down, will hurt somebody's feelings. He will feel ashamed about this. How can I do this? He will feel ashamed to take away somebody else's things, usurp somebody's property, run somebody down. What a shameful thing to do. What a shameful thing to do. So when a person has shame, when he has this haya, he says, no, you can't do that. It's not right. But when that haya is not there, then the person will do what he wants and brag about it. He'll say, I sold him and bought him and sold him and he didn't even know what happened. Whatever he had, the way I took it away from under his nose, he didn't even know what happened. He didn't know what came and what went. The person will brag about it after having done the worst kind of fraud. So where did this come from? From a lack of haya. And therefore, Nabi Salaam says that this is something that has come from before. That If you have no shame, then do what you wish. In other words, a person without shame will do what he wishes. He will not consider anything. A person without ha will not consider that, but what will my parents say? I'm a married person and how I'm going to face my spouse after having indulged in something like this? Or what if this becomes known? Nothing. He won't be considered anything. Forget insan. He won't forget, he'll forget about Allah Ta'ala and he'll forget about everybody. He won't consider anybody in anything. And his own children will become his enemies in the process too. He won't bother. Because when Haya has left, then there's no brakes. That vehicle is now moving at the 250 kilometers an hour, but there's no brakes. So this is how fundamentally important Haya is. This is the root to all good character. But as we said that haya, the word modesty, the word shame, these are just some approximate translations, we can't even call them, just some approximate explanations of certain parts of it. Haya is a very big concept. And this concept of haya, in one hadith, Nabi once addressed the sahaba and he said to them, Istahyu min Allahi haqqal haya. That adopt Haya from Allah Ta'ala and fulfill the right of that Haya. Haya from Allah Ta'ala. So the Sahaba said, Nastahi min Allah, Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, we got Haya for Allah Ta'ala. And what that meant was, Alhamdulillah, we are all time conscious that we should not be committing sin. We should not be disobeying Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala is watching. So that is Haya for Allah Ta'ala. And a person doesn't just look around to see if any insan is around. He doesn't close the door and draw the curtains and feel everything is fine now. He looks above as well. And he looks within himself also. 
That included in that haya is, for Allah Ta'ala is, that you protect the head and what it cons- what is within it. That mind. What is that mind thinking? Where is, that go- where is it going? Sometimes a person is in namaz also, and where is his mind going? And what kind of things is he conjuring in that mind? Allah Ta'ala is observing, Allah Ta'ala is watching. Can a person imagine Allah would that whatever thought passes through his mind, it's all being flashed on his screen somewhere. Maybe his wife is watching. Maybe his parents are watching. His children are watching. Others in society are watching. Those who are regarding us as very pious are watching. What's going through our mind? Will we be able to think the things we think. So this is part of haya for Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala is watching. Alhamdulillah, there isn't such a thing. Allah Ta'ala has made it such. Allah Ta'ala has protected this insan's izzat. As what's going through his mind, Allah Ta'ala has protected his izzat. But Allah Ta'ala is watching. Allah Ta'ala is aware. يَعْلَمُ خَانَةَ الْأَعْيُنُ فِي الصُّدُورِ So now, haya for Allah Ta'ala is to look after this heart and mind also. That we think of what Allah Ta'ala is pleased with. And when shaitan whispers some kind of evil, then to bring the heart back to that reality, Allah is watching, Allah is aware. Allah knows what's going through my mind. Now how am I going to face Allah Ta'ala on the day of Qiyamah? If my death comes right now, I like to go thinking this. So that's also part of haya for Allah Ta'ala. وَأَنْتَحْ Together with that, you look after the stomach and what, what goes in it. That what goes in the stomach must be halal and tayyib. It's also part of haya for Allah Ta'ala. And when what will go in the stomach will be halal and tayyib, then it will bring about that kind of a'mal as well. One very great Personality, Sham Mazhar, Niyaji Rahmatullah Ali, somebody else perhaps, he was one day traveling somewhere and it was already late in the evening, rural area, India. So he stopped at one masjid to sleep. So after Maghrib namaz, one person looked around, he observed this person looking at him, that this is a stranger, then that person went away. And after a while he came back with three rotis, bread. And he said, well, you're a musafir. You obviously can't be living now because there's no way to go anywhere now. So you have nothing to eat. Eat this. And he left that and went away. So he ate those three rotis. That night he slept. And that night he was blessed with the ziyarat of Nabi Wasallam and some ajeeb kafiyat. So the next day he wanted to go on with his journey, but something held him back. He said, there's something different about this. What happened here? So he stayed over. 
So the second day passed after Maghrib. Again the person observes. This person is still here. After a while he went away. Then he comes back with two rotis. And he says, well, you're still around, so fine. There's some roti for you. That's all. He brought that and came. This person ate it and slept. That night again, same place the ziyarat of Nabi Islam in a dream and he's experiencing ajeeb spiritual states. So he decided to stay over the third day. The day after again. So that night again, this person observed. He's still here. He went away. Then he came back with one roti. And he said, look, this is for you. But please tomorrow leave. So he said, why must I leave tomorrow? He said, please leave tomorrow now. So he said, but I will not leave till you tell me what's going on here. I'm experiencing something which I haven't experienced before. And till you don't tell me the secret of this, I'm not going to leave. And then explain, three, two nights in a row I'm getting the ziyarat and so on. So then he explained, he said, look, I'm a poor person. I worked the whole day in the fields. And at the end of the day, I just managed to earn so much to buy some, get some flour and make three rotis. One I eat, one my wife eats and one my child eats. The first day that you were here, I went home and told my family that there's a mehman. There's a guest. And we've been taught to look after the guests. So let us sacrifice our roti for him today. So we went to bed without eating anything. All three of us gave us, gave you that roti. But then you stayed over the second day. My child couldn't bear it anymore. After one whole day of starvation. So we gave him his roti. My wife and mine, we gave it to you. Today my wife couldn't bear it any longer. After 48 hours. So all I've brought back is mine. But tomorrow I don't know whether I'm going to manage. But that hard labor and that pure risk but, and that sacrifice with it on top of that with that zeal of looking after the mehman of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam so this was the effect so this is also part of haya of Allah Ta'ala وَأَن تَحْفَزَ الْبَطَ وَمَا حَوَى وَأَن تَذْكُرَ الْمَوْتَ وَالْبِلَى part of haya of Allah Ta'ala is that you remember death and remember that when you're going to go into the grave you'll become the food of the ants your body will decompose. And all the things that were done to beautify this external self, that will be of no use then. What was done to beautify the soul, the soul continued to exist. So remember that. That is part of haya. وَمَنْ أَرَادَ الْآخِرَةَ That the one who will, who truly intends to attain the ranks of the akhirat and the hereafter, then he won't make the glitter and glamour of the world his object in life. How he can try and make everything better in the world for himself, try and make the world into jannat for himself, that won't be his object in life. Whatever ni'mat Allah Ta'ala blesses him with, by making a moderate effort, by giving dunya the amount of necessary time, and deen the prime time. And in this way he will fulfill his needs and necessities. But he will give priority to deen. So the person who has, in, and whatever ni'mats come, then after that Allah will give somebody something more, somebody less. He will make shukar on that, use it, and make shukar on it. But he will not make the acquiring of the world his object in life. That will not become the focus.
his life won't revolve around the dunya. The dunya will revolve around deen. So, Nabi Islam is saying this is also part of haya. And this is part of haya for Allah. Wa so, the haya is an extremely fundamental thing. And this is the internal breaks. Then together with the internal breaks, in order to protect this haya, this is the internal breaks. But the breaks also need its, that brake fluid needs to be put in also. And those brake linings need to be serviced from time to time. So there is a protection for these brakes also. And what is going to protect these brakes? There are various factors. But two things that Allah Ta'ala has commanded us. One aspect that will protect this haya is to look after the gaze. And there's many, many ayat in the Quran Sharif. Numerous ayat. Allah wa Ta'ala gives various instructions, various commands. And when these commands are given, they are given in one gender, in the male gender. Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu attaqullah wa kunu ma'asadiqeen wa aqeemu salah wa atu zakah wa raka'u ma'arraki'een Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu kutiba alaykum as-siyamu kama kutiba ala alladheena min qablikum la'allakum tattaqoon The command of taqwa, the command of salah, the command of fasting, the command of hajj and numerous commands in one gender because the Arabic language the difference in the male gender and the female gender. Both are addressed with a different word. But in one gender, both are addressed in all the commands. Everybody is addressed in the same thing. But when it comes to the aspect of safeguarding the side, the gaze, Allah Ta'ala addresses the males first. Say to the believing men, that they must lower their gazes and protect their chastity. That is purer for them. Allah is aware of what they are doing. Where the heart is going, where the eye is going, Allah is aware. And then separately Allah Ta'ala addresses the females. Whereas everywhere in the Quran Sharif you'll find numerous places. The command of salah, of zakah, of fasting, of hajj, it's one gender, all, ex- all addressed at the same time. When it comes to the aspect of the gaze, after having addressed the males, Allah Ta'ala says, وَقُلِّ الْمُؤْمِنَاتِ Say to the believing woman, يَغْضُبْنَ min أَبْصَارِهِنْ The Quran Sharif, those many hufaz, they would know the difference in the words that have come. قُلِّ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ is قُلِّ الْمُؤْمِنَاتِ قُلِّ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ يَغُضُّ مِنْ أَبْصَارِهِمْ يَغْضُضْنَ مِنْ أَبْصَارِهِنَّ Completely different gender now. Females are being addressed. That you also look after your gaze and protect your chastity. So this is how important this is that Allah Ta'ala didn't let this just be addressed in the male gender. Maybe the females would have thought that we are exempt from this. This doesn't apply to us. Many a times, when something is convenient for us, then suddenly it doesn't apply. So perhaps somebody might have thought that this doesn't apply to us. Only the male gender is addressed. Allah Ta'ala separately addressed the females. And this is where the bulk of the fitna starts. And the bulk of the immorality starts. When the eye is not looked after, then that immediately affects the heart. Because the eye is a direct super high to the heart. The person sees something, it imprints that picture on the heart immediately, and the heart is the king. 
the heart starts get gets activated. And this is the super highway, it reaches instantly. And once the heart is affected, the rest of the body will be affected. So therefore this is the emphasis that has been laid on safeguarding the eyes. As one poet puts it, Nazratun fabtisamun fasalamun fakalamun famu'idun faliqa'un. Everything happens in one sentence. Everything happens in one sentence. Nazratun. But it all starts off from Nazratun. One glance. Now there was a wrong glance. So then, it already, the super highway to the heart. So the heart got affected wrongly. So now the heart started making, sending commands. Fabtisamun. So now next thing was a smile. Now after the smile, now the person passed 20 Muslim brothers, that time he forgot to make salam. Now suddenly he realized, no, he must make salam, Muslim sister must make salam. So Fabtisamun, now he started making salam. The etiquette, he forgot 20 brothers he passed, that time he didn't remember no etiquette. It was wrong for him to make salam, now he's remembering, he must make salam, you know, so much sawabin. But after the salam, Fabtisamun, Fasalamun, so now the Fakalamun, there was some conversation, Fama'idun, and an appointment for liqa'un and a meeting. But we started off from Nazratun, the wrong glance. And therefore Nabi Salaam says, that Allah Ta'ala says, النَّزْرُ سَحْمٌ مِّن سِحَامِ إِبْلِيسَ مَسْمُومٌ The lustful glance is a poisonous arrow of shaitan. And then Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala says, Hadith Qudsi, that مَنْ تَرَكَهَا مَخَافَتِي the one who will forsake it out of my fear. Allah Ta'ala says, the one who will forsake it out of my fear. Abdaltu biha imanan yajidu halawatahu fi qalbihi. In place of that, I will give him such sweetness of iman that he will taste that sweetness in his heart. Some muhaddisin explain that this means that he'll get the sweetness and the taste of ibadat. That when he will say Allahu Akbar, and he won't stop. Like that sahabi was reciting in his salah, Surah Al-Kahf, and he was guarding the tent of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi an arrow upon arrow is falling on him, but he is reluctant to break his namaz because of the enjoyment in it. Then he thinks to himself that in case I lose too much of blood, and that's a different masla now, if blood comes out, what will be the case? At that time, this is what he did, that if I lose blood and form conscious, Nabi Sallallahu may be in danger. So then he quickly breaks his salah, or terminates it, finishes it. But that arrow also couldn't distract him or make him immediately break his salah. Whereas, from the time we make Allahu Akbar, sometimes we remember we weigh in salah, the Imam says, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. In between, we finish all the hisab kitab of all the, maybe the business, or the house, or whatever else. The shopping list was already done. And, Allah knows best, what else happens and everything gets done, whatever wasn't hap- didn't take place the whole day, everything gets done in salah then. So this will come when the person has looked after his gaze. Then he will start making tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, then he'll want to continue. If he didn't have to stop, he won't stop. When he'll take the name of Allah Ta'ala and make zikr, then he'll want that, oh I wish I could continue and endlessly carry on making the zikr of Allah Ta'ala. He'll get the sweetness of ibadat. And other Maddisin explained that that is there, that goes without saying. That when a person has given up haram pleasure for Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala will certainly bless him with halal pleasure. Then he will get that pleasure with Junaid Baghdadi Rahmatullah Ali, or was it Ibrahim Adham bin Adham Rahmatullah Ali said, 
But this can't snatch with any sword. This is something that comes from Allah Ta'ala. It's not something that anybody can snatch away from anywhere. So then that person will get that pleasure. So these muhaddin say, that is in its place. That, was, that is there without saying. Moreover, this is a physical experience. Like a person eats something sweet. He knows he's tasted something sweet. It's an eat day and the mithai and barfi came in his mouth now. So he knows, this, he knows the taste of it. Like that, he'll get the physical taste of the sweetness of Iman on forsaking that haram glance for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. So this is the one aspect that is the external maintenance and safety for this haya itself. And then there's a second aspect. There are many other aspects, but these two that we want to dwell, dwell on. The second aspect is that Allah Ta'ala has made the segregation of the genders. Males completely separate, Female separate, except when there's mahrams. Besides mahrams, no matter who it is, whether it is cousins by the dozens, whether it is brother-in-law, sister-in-law, whoever it may be, but the strict, strict segregation of the genders. This is the law of Allah. Ta'ala. And in order to emphasize this in such a very dramatic way, Allah Ta'ala addresses none other than the azwaj mutahharat and addresses the Sahaba regarding the Ummul Mu'mineen. Allah Ta'ala says, addressing the Sahaba, وَإِذَا سَأَلْتُمُوهُنَّ مَتَاعًا فَاسْأَلُوهُنَّ مِنْ وَرَاءِ حِجَابٍ O Sahaba, who are being addressed, the Sahaba Ikram, that band of people who got the certificate of Allah Ta'ala's pleasure while they walked on this earth, radiyallahu anhum wa radwa'an, whose iman Allah Ta'ala testified to, that when these disbelievers are told that bring iman like the sahaba those people whose iman Allah Ta'ala testified to and those people who Allah Ta'ala gave them the certificate of ridwan of his pleasure while they were on the earth Allah Ta'ala is addressing them with regards to whom? with regards to anybody else with regards to ummul mu'mineen with regards to the mothers of the believers Allah Ta'ala says, وَإِذَا سَأَلْتُمُوهُنَّ مَتَاعًا Because the ayat before that starts off, that, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا لَا تَدْخُلُوا بُيُوتَ النَّبِيِّ إِلَّا يُؤْذَنَ لَكُمْ لَا طَعَامٍ غَيْرَ نَاظِرِينَ إِنَاهِ وَلَكِنْ إِذَا دُعِيتُمْ فَادْخُلُوا فَإِذَا طَعِمْتُمْ فَانْتَشِرُوا وَلَا مُسْتَأْنِسِينَ Whatever it is, mata'an. فَأَلُوهُنَّ مِنْ وَرَاءِ حِجَابٍ Then ask from behind a curtain. Who? The Sahaba. Asking from who? The Ummul Mu'minat. Ummul Mu'minin. But ask from behind curtain. Maybe somebody would have come and said, well this applied in the camel ages. We're in the 20th century. How can you apply this? So Allah Ta'ala says, addressing them, ذَلِكُمْ أَطْهَرُ لِقُلُوبِكُمْ وَقُلُوبِهِنْ that this curtain in between, 
the segregation of the genders. This is pure for your hearts and their hearts. Let us not forget who is being addressed and regarding whom. So now if somebody in the 20th century can stand up and say my heart is cleaner than the heart of the Sahaba. My heart is cleaner than the heart of the Azwajah Mutaharat. So Allah Ta'ala is saying, ذَلِكُمْ أَتْهَرُوا لِقُلُوبِكُمْ وَقُلُوبِهِمْ This is the morality of Islam. So Allah Ta'ala created this insan. Allah Ta'ala knows best, better than anybody else. Like manufacturer of that microwave oven, he said, don't put that metal inside the oven. Otherwise you might cause harm. You might cause harm to others also. Now this person says, it's mine, belongs to me. I'll do what I want. So he puts that stainless steel cup in there. Or whatever else, metal. And now it suddenly explodes. And at that time, his innocent child was walking past. That he explodes in the face of the child. He says, but the child is innocent now. Why must the child suffer? But your wrongdoing, will, this is dunya. Dunya, this happens. One person's wrongdoing hurts somebody else sometimes. So that innocent child now took the brunt of it. Now the segregation, Allah Ta'ala said, make sure it's kept there because if this metal will come in the oven, there'll be explosion. The person says, well, all this belongs to the camel ages. Now, you know, you need to be a little bit more broad-minded. You can't be so, uh, you know, so, so stringent and whatever else, whatever other words are used. So now, the metal was put in the oven. Now when the chaos ensues in society, then often the brunt of it, the children. One child is somewhere, the other child is somewhere else, and Allah knows best what's going on. So Allah Ta'ala is the creator, He knows insan best. Allah Ta'ala said, don't allow this to happen. Don't allow this mixing to take place. Otherwise this mixing will create problems. So this gaze, whether this gaze is looking at somebody outside, or whether it is on that phone, or whether it is in whichever form, this wrong glance, this will cause havoc. And this not maintaining of this hijab, and the segregation, this too will cause havoc. This is the dictates of the morality of Islam, that this be maintained. So, this is the aspect that, Allah Ta'ala has given us the external breaks as well. One is the internal breaks, which is the natural quality of haya. And then what will protect it is the external breaks. Nevertheless, just to go forward is, that this is such a fundamental aspect, this haya. But what is causing this breakdown of haya? Unfortunately, if you look around in society, this is becoming almost like a forgotten thing. In Western society, even the name is gone. In Western society, if a person talks something about which is got to do with anything with modesty and shame, then this person is, they call him a mother grandi. Because there is no concept of haya left. See, this, is, this person is maybe, you know, he's living in a different world. Doesn't fit in this society, doesn't fit in this environment. Unfortunately, we are beginning to take those same things into our societies. Whether it is with regards to dressing, but there is unfortunately, in many instances, no way then one can distinguish, is this the sister of Hazrat Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha? Is this the sister of Hazrat Fatima radiallahu anha who will stand on the day of Qiyamah in front of Hazrat Fatima radiallahu anha? Who had that amount of haya, that when she was now 
seeing that any time she might have to leave this world, she was concerned that when I am going to be buried and my janazah is going to be carried, then people will still make out at that time, though I'll be covered in my coffin, that how short I was or how tall I was or whatever other, some descriptions. And she was very concerned about this until Asma bin Mays said to her, don't worry, I'll, I'll make a, as we say, make a plan for you. So I've been somewhere and I've seen that these people, they put a little, call it like a kind of cage over it and put a cloth over it and the mayit is inside. Nobody knows what goes on. What we are so accustomed to happened after the Fatima was so concerned about how is she going to be carried. And that covering over the, ch- the chadar over the grave, when the woman is buried, this was after her concern. Which we take granted that it's theirs, but where did this come from? That even after death she was so concerned, that before she passed away she was so concerned, that after death also nobody must even know how tall I was, how short I was, whether I was fat or thin. But now even forget knowing whatever, the garments and clothing have become so tight and body hugging, that as people say that there's nothing left Purpose to uh, nothing left for anybody to imagine anything. So, where has this come from? And I forbid, if this trend is not stopped in its tracks, then what will be the case with the next generation? One person said to me, he went to some factory, a person who was apparently conscious of Deen, his factory, he sat with the person in his office for a while, whatever work he had to do. Short while later, some woman entered. So he says, immediately I have to turn my eyes away because of the way she was dressed. And half her belly was open. And then he says, after well, she came and she started talking to this person. Then this person turned to me and he's saying, he's introducing me. Introducing her to me. This is my daughter. He says, he's proudly introducing her to me. This is my daughter. Where is the haya of the daughter? Where is the haya of the father? Nobody is batting an eyelid. So this haya is not just going away just by chance. This is systematically being destroyed. This is systematically being destroyed because the people of the West are fully aware that take the haya away, it's very easy to take everything else away. The hadith that we discussed right at the beginning, that iman and haya coexist. When one goes, the other will go. They said we fought the battle on the battlefield that didn't serve any purpose. It only further strengthened them. It only further strengthened them. So now that's not going to be of any use. Now we have to fight a different battle that wages the war of immorality and take the haya away. The haya is gone. Then when the haya is gone, a person's got no shame. He doesn't even bother what is happening to his Muslim brothers in that part of the world. Who is crying and who is dying doesn't matter to him. As long as I'm enjoying myself, I've got my fun, my belly is full, my entertainment is there. Maybe at the most I'll contribute a few rands. I won't even get the topic of making dua for them. If there's some gathering, some program, maybe I'll lift my hands. Otherwise to make two rakats, namaz, salat, haja, and pray and beg for my brothers throughout the world who are suffering, that too won't occur to me. As long as my belly is full and I'm enjoying myself, I've got my fun, my entertainment, but what more I want? As a lack, as a result of the lack of haya. So they've understood this very well. They are studying every last bit of it. 
You go to Israel, they are planting this tree in the hundreds, the tree of Gharqad. Because in the Hadith Shaykh, it comes at the end of time, even the inanimate things will speak and it will say, Oh Muslim, there's a Yahudi hiding behind me. But this one tree won't speak. They've studied the Hadith, they found that and they know about it and they're planting these trees. So they've studied all these Hadiths. They found, they know what's what. And they found if you want to take away the Iman, take their Haya away. Then they'll dress like us. Then they'll conduct their functions like us. Then they will behave like us. Then they'll be Muslims by name. That's fine. They can remain Muslims by name. That's going to be of no use. The name of a lion can do nothing. If there's no teeth, there's no raw in that lion. And it can't hop and bound. Then what's the use of that lion? Leave, call it a lion. It's alright. So this is a systematic effort that is being made to destroy Haya via the media, the television. In one Muslim school, the children were given an essay to write that who is your role model, who you like to follow. So I didn't bring that cutting along, but I have the photocopy of that child's writing at home. That he writes that I like these are the approximate words, but almost perhaps exactly words. I like to follow, he said it in his words, Prophet Muhammad. He didn't write Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam also. I like to follow Prophet Muhammad, that's how he wrote Sallallahu Alaihi And then he put a very big but. But when I see all the stars on TV, then I like to be famous and rich like them. Now who he's comparing to who? Can we imagine? Can, can we even, even fathom? He's got Nabi Sallallahu and he's saying, but who's on TV? Which stars are on TV? And he says, but, then I want to follow these people. Now, on the one side, Nabi Sallallahu and these people, you can't even bring them in the same place. Like a person wants to find Nauzubillah, bring urine and put it next to Zamzam. And he wants to make some kind of comparison. There's no, no, you can't even think about something like that. But he's saying, this is what's happening to me when I'm watching the TV. So that haya is gone. The respect is gone. In the research of not some monolith sitting behind some desk, Western research, which is available where they have made their own research and they found that cartoons, to take the name in the masjid in the house of Allah Ta'ala also is, but just for the sake of understanding what is the reality, they themselves are saying, cartoons like Dennis the Menace, teach children that to be rude is cute. The cartoons teach children that to be rude is cute. Now it doesn't tell them that in so many words, but this is the message that comes down in the mind. Now the child replays it. Now when he's replaying it, Everybody wants to know about where this came from. But what is taped, that's what gets replayed. That Behayai got taped, all those scenes that he was watching on the television, all those movies, what's on his phone now, everything is at the press of a button in everybody's hand. The person previously had to think 50 times and spend hundreds of thousands or maybe thousands of rands. Now at the press of a button, he's into everything. Now all that's getting taped. And sometime or the other that replays. 
when that replays now everybody is in shock but it didn't happen in a moment it was all being taped over time and now it replays the newspapers what is the newspapers is it newspapers anymore or it has become almost pornographic and everybody is comfortable with it the mother is reading it in front of the son the son is reading it in front of the mother father and daughter reading it at the same time and everything is there I'm talking about in the mid 70s when I was still a young boy I can remember very clearly from that time my late father Allah Ta'ala is covered with noor used to buy the morning paper but I without even at the time when I couldn't even read a newspaper all I could remember about the paper was that there were always some, some pages which were torn or some parts of the pages were torn now we're talking about the 70s but as soon as it came immediately some parts of it were torn so that was a concept that was generally there that time there was a, a, a concept of haya that was living now we're talking about the newspapers in the 70s what's a 20th century newspaper compared to that but everybody's comfortable with it to the extent now that the juice bottle on our tables also has become a picture of behayai but that's just comfortably there this is not happening by chance they slowly push the boundaries and everybody becomes comfortable with that but now initially it creates a little bit of a rumbling you know look how the so and so is just like can't gone too far then slowly the second person third person hundred people now it becomes accepted in society so that becomes the norm then they push the boundaries a little bit more then they push it even more and Allah forbid if we don't keep ourselves pushing forward we'll end up in the next generation beyond what we can imagine now so the aspect of haya is a very fundamental aspect and this is something we have to jealously guard and how will this be guarded haya and iman as we explained is co it's linked it coexists we have to make an effort on iman when iman will strengthen the qualities of iman will strengthen to sit in the company of the people of haya those whom Allah Ta'ala is blessed with haya, those who have haya for Allah Ta'ala. To be in their company, this will rub off. Read the incidents of the Ahlullah. What kind of haya they had. Read about the incidents of the haya of Sahaba, of the Sahabiyat. And together with that, that hadith of haya from Allah Ta'ala, one of the aspects that was mentioned there, وَأَنْتَذْكُرَ الْمَوْتَ وَالْبِلَى And you remember death. Daily, a person should be remembering death. Imagine the whole scene of death. Take two minutes. Maybe while a person is just lying down in bed now, waiting for sleep to come. Then put the blanket over the face so it creates extra darkness for that moment. And imagine now, I'm just on my deathbed. Now I'm going and I'm gone now. Maybe somebody is crying, somebody is saying something, whatever. Now I'm being given ghusl. Picture the scene. Husal has been given to me. Now I'm lying there in that kafan. I'm being carried on the shoulders of people. My janaza salah is being performed. Imagine, picture that scene. Now I'm being lowered into the grave, that narrow grave. I've been placed on the cold earth. I perhaps can feel some pebble poking into me because they didn't realize it's there. But I can't tell anybody about it. Those planks are being put in place and that light outside is getting blocked. That last plank is in place now. 
And now I can hear the mounds of sand falling on. And now it's me and my amal, nothing else in the grave. So now, then open one's eyes, Alhamdulillah, I'm surround. Allah Ta'ala has given me a chance. So now I need to make good use of the time that's available. Allah knows best whether I'll wake up tomorrow morning. Let me make istighfar, let me make tawbah, repent to Allah Ta'ala, return to Allah Ta'ala, and make that new resolve that now all these things that Allah Ta'ala is displeased with, all this is out of my life. This haya will be in my life. And all the other commands of Allah Ta'ala will be in my life. The way of Nabi Islam will be in my life. So this remembrance of death and the strengthening of iman, part of it is the zikr of Allah Ta'ala. Daily. Dedicated time. Even if it's just five minutes. Even if it's just five minutes daily. The zikr is not something for the programs of zikr only. That is more for the sake of training us. This is something that no day should go past in a mu'min's life. He hasn't given them dedicated time for zikr. One is alhamdulillah, while walking, while busy in one's work, while driving, the tongue is engaged in some zikr, the other alhamdulillah, excellent. As much as possible. But over and above that, and together with that, some dedicated time, banda or khuda, or koi nahi. That's the person and his rabb. And dedicated time for zikr of Allah. Tasbihat, durud sharif, istighfar, the third kalima, reciting la ilaha illallah, reciting Allah. Dedicated time. And letting this soak into the heart. So that now when the person will walk outside, he'll be conscious of Allah Ta'ala. Then his eyes will also go down because he's conscious of Allah Ta'ala. Then his hand won't stretch in the wrong place because he's conscious of Allah Ta'ala. Then his feet won't walk in the wrong direction because he's conscious of Allah Ta'ala. And then this haya will be there with him because he's conscious of Allah Ta'ala. Now he's got haya for Allah Ta'ala. When he's got haya for Allah Ta'ala, he'll have haya for people also. So this is how this haya will be developed. So... This is a very, very fundamental part of deen, a very fundamental quality of iman. Haya is something that we cannot allow it to be eroded at any cost. And whatever has been eroded, we have to bring it back. We have to make this concerted effort to bring back haya in everything. Haya in our dressing, haya in our functions, haya in our homes, haya in our businesses, wherever and everywhere. Otherwise, outside in the world, a totally different picture. We have to change the environment. We mustn't become changed by the environment. This is something that we have to pay great attention to. We have to make dua for it. Beg Allah Ta'ala's help and assistance. And these things that we mentioned, Allah Ta'ala give me also the tawfiq and all of us the tawfiq. Wa akhir da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka ashru kulluhu. Allahumma la nuhsithanaan alayk anta kama athnayta ala nafsik. Jazallahu anna nabiyya muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bima huwa ahlu. ربنا غلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكون من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم واعف وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت العز الأكرم ربنا توفنا مسلمين وألحقنا بالشهداء والصالحين غير خزايا ولا نداما ولا مفتونين اللهم إنا نسألك من غير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة لا بالله العلي